Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome to A Change in Attitude with your terrific trio of tyranny and, I lost the T's, chaos, we'll just go with chaos. <laughs> I was what, what, to... a, what a frightening intro. <laughs> I was really hard to, to alliterate like I did the last time I hosted, and it just didn't, it, it completely... My brain fell on. The terrific trio of tyranny. <laughs> and chaos. And chaos. It worked in my head, okay? Jeez. Do you want to do this? Yes. Yes. <laughs> let's, let's, let's do this. I'm, I'm down for it. Welcome to A Change in Attitude. I am one of your three co-hosts, Ori, along with also Podfather Mags and the Texas Gentleman Tanner Pruitt. How are you guys doing this fine afternoon as we're recording it, evening as where Mags is? Yeah, I'm doing really good. We spent uh, pretty much all of the day with uh, in the company of of uh, lovely young Tanner here, uh, recording techers and uh, preparing for some... Uh, I mean, by the time this comes out, it will have already happened. But some uh, interesting developments in uh, in our content creation. I'm mm. so sorry. All day, that must have been terrible. Oh, I've made the best of it. <laughs> <laughs> you just slough through as best you can. Yeah. Yeah. Drink a little bit. Everything's fine. A lot. Drink a, a lot. lot. <laughs> That's how we make it happen. Exactly. And Tanner, how are you, my friend? Uh, I'm I'm doing well. I've got this uh, I've got this nice beer here. I'm watching uh, watching some some wrestling, watching some football. It's been a great day. It sounds like it's been a good day. It's been fun. 
All right. Well, let's get into this here on the Chairshot Radio Network. Don't forget, always use your head. We are looking at the Raw from August 5th, 1996. If you're following along with us on the Peacock, it is season four, episode 31. And we start out with not only Vince on commentary this week, but JR, which mm. this is the first time we've gotten him on JR since we started a change in attitude. Is, we've had yes. him on pay-per-view, but not during Raw. So, and of course, that was because we started off with Jerry the King Lawler coming out to the ring, his match with Aldo Montoya, and oh boy, more of the same from King, slogging off Jake, talking about, calling him a hypocrite, uh, suggests he writes a tell-all autobiography that could be titled, Who the Hell is Gonna Buy This?, which I found kind of funny, because... Now we do get tell-all autobiographies from the WWE frequently. Matter of yes. fact, I was looking through something and I, I had bookcases in my bedroom and took them out. And so all of my books are like in Tupperware containers and came across my copy of Lita, The Road Less Traveled. So, you know, we get autobiography books out like, what, four times a year just about from different mm-hmm. wrestlers? Mm. And, so and, and I thought that was and, interesting. The plethora of uh, WWE tell-all documentaries as well, available on the network or on Peacock as well. Or on Vice with Dark Side of the Ring. Correct, yes. So, all kinds of stuff. Um, But yeah, more of King just rip. I mean, you can't even call it a rib at this point. Like, it's it's not. It's bullying. Yeah. It's bullying. It's as simple as that. Um, Yeah, he's... Essentially, we're going into the the rematch from from uh, Aldo Montoya versus uh, Jerry Lawler from Superstars a couple of weeks ago, where uh, Aldo got the the upset victory. Uh, he's take, been taken under the wing, I suppose, of uh, of Jake the Snake. So he's he's out here as Jake's advocate, uh, and King being King is just a massive dick bag all the way through this match. Uh, Luckily, it's not that long, what, two and a half minutes almost, but it's the stuff with the, the bottle of uh, of Jim Bean in, a, in a, a brown paper bag and the comments and then pouring the alcohol down Aldo Montoya's throat after, the, after picking up the victory. It's so... It's so on the nose that it's it's ridiculous, and yeah, I, I just do not like taking somebody's real personal demons and making it a storyline. Um, yeah, it, I did not like this segment one little bit. Yeah, and and I mean, on, on a bit of a lighter note, it's it's actually something that you really wouldn't see today, not just from like a it's bullying perspective. But I, I, I could be mistaken. I don't know. But I think the the uh, infringement laws were probably maybe a little bit looser around this time because you would not necessarily get Jim Beam openly being no. sponsored like that on on a WWE product or uh, or anywhere else without prior authorization. I think um, the last time I saw something like that was uh, Jericho versus CM Punk. When he uh, he put, attempted uh, to pour the Jack Daniels, Jack Daniels, mm-hmm. and he ended up slipping on it. I think at the the ringside. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. I Let's... mean, and the other thing that caught me was the fact that King talked nonstop 
all the way to the ring while he was in the ring, while they were showing the previous footage, while Aldo Montoya was making his way to the ring, like he never shut up on microphone. Mm-hmm. Like at all, even Vince, he's trying to show the previous foot footage and King is still talking through the whole thing. Like you wouldn't see that today at all. No. And so that that threw me a little bit, you know, just mainly in the differences between then and now. You Mm. know, it made for a very kind of confusing opening segment. I mean, we knew what everything was getting at for the most part. Um, But, yeah, very short match. It was decent. I thought it was a, a, a good match for what little bit we got of actual match. But then, of course, um King gets the win and then takes that fifth of Jim Beam and consistently pours it directly into his mouth, gets it almost empty, and then he's like, okay, okay, I'll stop, and then just completely pours it all over that poor kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, short match, squash match. Um, I'm actually surprised that they didn't continue with the surprise upset booking that they had um, that was previously advertised last time, um, you know, where Aldo Montoya actually got the upset over King, and he uh, went on to, you know, challenge King again. I thought that maybe we would get a, a two-for-one uh, here, where Aldo Montoya again goes over King, and, you know, it kind of um, maybe continues the story a little bit. But this seems to be a little bit of a, uh, maybe a possible blow-off, uh, is the way it, see, it came across to me and, and the way that King acted. Um, so we're probably, I, I mean, I've got my doubts if we'll see Aldo Montoya again with, with Jerry the King Lawler, uh, but I could, uh, I could definitely be wrong. Um, may, maybe the, the story further advances once you know we see Jake again. I, I don't know. Um, but uh, this certainly seems like, yeah, a, you- like finality here. Yeah, you're right. It, it, this is leading to uh, the the Jake and Jerry Lawler match at, at SummerSlam, mm-hmm. which which makes sense to me. It, it felt mm-hmm. more of a let me defend my mentor's honor as best I can to further the Jake and King storyline because, yeah. as far as we know, Jake is still out with injured ribs all the way back mm-hmm. from King of the Ring. So it's a way to keep that going without. Exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, it it left King looking as strong as King can look. I don't know. It's just this whole bullying angle with with Jake's real life drinking. Like that. That just. I get it's too on the nose for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I get that, you know, us being in the information age that we're in now and being privy to the information that we have and so many people pulling back the curtain that taking some of this real life information can make those storylines a little bit more compelling. But this is definitely one of those cases where I wish they would have learned from it because it goes too far, you know, and they've continued to do it with Jeff Hardy. You know, and Matt and Edge and Lita, and it all, I get it makes for compelling TV, but at some point when it it gets too far, 
you know, like I've told you guys before, when it got too far into the Matt Edge and Lita, that's when I turned WWE off the first mm-hmm. time. When yeah. it started getting too far with Jeff again, that's when I started turning it off. Because you, to me, even though it's for work, quote unquote, and it's storyline, quote unquote, you're taking people who are already in a very fragile mental state because of their addiction and potentially pushing them closer back into addiction. I mean, in, in as much as anyone can ever be out of an addiction, I get that it's an, a constant ongoing process. I have family members that struggle with addiction. And so it's, it's very, it's mm. very yeah, cringe. And I, th- I think it's even more, um, it's even more crass for me, uh, Knowing that Jake was suffering at this time, uh, obviously the 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 storyline is that he's got the injured ribs from from King of the Ring, but we also know because of of, of uh, the way information uh, gets out that Jake was was really really deep in his uh, dealing with his own demons at this time. I mean, there was uh, it was only a couple of weeks ago where he no showed an event because of he was struggling with the demon so to be using something as raw and as uh, something that he's going through at this time as part of the storyline yeah it, it it feels wrong for me i don't like it whatsoever hmm. agreed so let's move on to our next match we had um the body donnas skip and zip um, against the new and improved rockers, Marty Janetti and Leif Cassidy, as we all know and love now, Owl Snow. And boy, those outfits that the new and improved rockers had. It looked like a rainbow threw up. It, it, it was kind of almost like Tada meets Paisley meets Unicorn Vomit. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. Yikes. <laughs> and then, of course, on commentary, we had uh, Hillbilly Jim representing the Godwins. This, of course, being a buildup to SummerSlam and the four-way tag team match that we've got between the New Rockers, the Godwins, the Body Donnas, and the Smoking Guns. Mm. I was getting there. So, um, I thought the match in and of itself was really good. It was fairly decent. Uh, we've got some nice insets in there uh, between Sonny and Farouk. I thought Farouk did better on this promo than he did previously. He did stumble just a little bit, but he did mm-hmm. better. And then, of course, we had Vince talking to Hillbilly Jim about Phineas not being distracted by Sonny ringside. He, he's completely over it. He's completely done. And... Um, but of course, that remains to be seen. Sunny will always work her charm and wiles, as yes. we have learned. Um, what else? Oh, Clarence Mason. We got the inset with Clarence Mason winning his argument against Gorilla Monsoon mm-hmm. to have that wrestler reinstated. So we'll see whomever that is in the future. Wink. Wink, wink. Nudge, nudge. And then, of course, the match ends with the Smoking Guns coming out to attack the Body Donnas, and then the Godwins coming out to take their side. And that was pretty much it. What did you guys think of the match overall? 
Uh, it was a it was a fine tag team match. Um, I mean, nothing exceptionally blew me out of the water or you know anything like that. I mean, we've seen uh, the body Donna's plenty as as we've gone on through here. Uh, the new rockers, I think, is, is was a little bit of a change of pace. We haven't seen them nearly as much as we've seen the uh, the body the body Donnas or uh, you know uh, any you know most other tag teams. We've uh, seen that, Marty Jannetty, but we haven't seen mm-hmm. him and Leaf Cassidy. We've seen Leaf Cassidy ringside, right? But we haven't seen them together as a team. Mm-hmm. Um, so it it was a bit of a nice change of pace there, um, with them teaming together. Uh, yeah, it it at least advanced the story. Um, I found that the the Sunny and Farouk split screen promo. Uh, was actually well done. Obviously, with them working in the confines of, hey, this is this raw is an hour long, right? We're not doing the three hour epic Titanic double DVD disc edition of Raw like we are now, um, or even a two hour for that matter, or even the two hour version. Um, that they, they they do a pretty good job week in week out of, hey, let's fit in as much of this as we can so that way the story stays consistent. Um, I also thought Farouk's promo was better than it was last week. Um, they talk about how they were both man-eaters, him and uh, Ahmed Johnson, and that they had things in common, um, but they were going to, you know, but, but they obviously this building towards this, this match, this feud that they're having. Um, Farouk does make his debut next week, I believe is what's mentioned here, against mm-hmm. uh, Skip. Uh, so it does come full circle <laughs> yeah. back to the match, and uh, yeah, yeah that yeah. that that promo was was like like you both said it was Farouk's best promo so far. I love the whole uh, him saying that the the lion isn't the king of the jungle; it's the tiger, and he's a tiger because they're both man eaters. Yeah, it, 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 you buy into Farouk being a badass, even though he's wearing a tinfoil helmet. And he looks like an idiot in his uh, in his onesie. But uh, yeah, it, it, this match did everything that it needed to do. It built the storyline with uh, with Farouk and uh, Ahmed. It built uh, excitement for the four man that we're getting at, um, at SummerSlam. Um, it did everything what, what it needed to do. The match, whilst it whilst like Tanner said, nothing really stood out. It was a decent nineties. Tag match, uh, lots of uh, decent action. Nothing superbly exciting. We then get the the, the little cutaway for uh, the introduction of uh, of uh, Clarence Mason's um, new new acquisition. I thought this was was really entertaining. Yeah, it it definitely packed a lot of information into one match on top of the match, and did a good job of keeping the action with the match and not distracting too much from it, whether it was from commentary, insets, whatever it was. Although I will say, after this week's Raw, as stupid as the wrestling onesie looks, I have a new appreciation for it. Because there was one part where Leaf Cassidy grabs the back of Skip's trunks, his Speedos, whatever, and just yanks him back. And if we would have had a higher camera angle we'd have seen right down the back of them things. I mean, <laughs> it looked like he yanked them things three feet back. It was mm. cool. Oh, and then I mean, there was another incident 
in the battle royale, but we'll talk about that later. It, yeah, I mean, <laughs> uh, we can talk about Goldust's attire. Um, no, it wasn't Goldust. No. Well, I mean, I assume you read about Ahmed Johnson and his and oh. his ass cheek hanging out. Oh, not I, just I, the ass cheek. I mean, there was that. Um, not just. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I saw more than just an ass cheek at one point. There is a point in, I mean, we'll get to the battle royal, obviously, but there's a point where uh, Goldust gives Armour Johnson the curtain call, and it does look like Armour Johnson maybe peed himself a little bit. I don't know. Mm. (laughs) Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey, folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. Are you looking for the newest and hottest in the world of pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 6,000 hours of the best events from over 150 of your favorite promotions from 20 different countries around the globe. Brands like Progress Wrestling, Evolve Wrestling, Combat Zone, Defy, PCW Ultra, PWX, Over the Top, Shine, and hundreds of others with fresh content added every day for only $5.99 per month. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. Go to powerslam.tv, promo code chairshot. Get your free month. Again, that's powerslam.tv, promo code chairshot. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. But anyway, mm. after this after this uh, tag match, we get uh, Kevin Kelly making his uh, WWF debut. Mm. Yes. I, I really like Kevin Kelly as an interviewer. I like Kevin uh, Kelly now, mm-hmm. uh, you know, as a commentator for New Japan. I, I've liked Kevin Kelly and um, I'll say his name in a minute. Don Callis. <laughs> yes, thank you. Don Callis for New Japan. So, so much. Like it, it, it to the point that it kind of upset me when IWGP would do pay per views and bring in Jim Ross and the other guy. I, I didn't feel like those two had any type of chemistry with each Jim other. Jim Ross and the other guy, brilliant. <laughs> like, I, I know the other guy, I can't think of his name. That's how Excalibur, much, no, not Excalibur, Tony Shivani. No, not Tony Schiavone. Chris Charlton. Nope. Steve McManaman. What? <laughs> You're just making up names now. No, that's oh, a real that. human. O- only that's a, a little bit. Human. I'm only making up a little bit of it. No, there was another guy that they would do bring in for English commentary for the IWGP pay-per-views. And um, the only ones I can remember apart from them is uh, Gino Gambino. Um, mm-hmm. I know Jim Jim Ross was oh Josh Barnett. Yes. Mm. Yes. They yeah. had no chemistry. They, it felt like they knew nothing of the storylines. They couldn't pronounce half of the Japanese wrestlers' names correctly. It's like you're letting Don Callis and Kevin Kelly do call all the other matches for everything else, but then for the big pay-per-views for the English commentary, you're bringing in like, don't get me wrong. I love Jim Ross. I absolutely do. And I completely respect him. But him and Barnett did not play off each other very well. 
and I felt like they threw them in to give it some type of credibility with the American audiences. And I think if they would have left Kevin Kelly and Don Callis, it would have worked perfectly fine. Yeah, I mean, I mean the, the the team that they have now, Kevin Kelly and Rocky Romero, is superb. And then they bring oh, yeah. in Chris, Chris Charlton for the analytics. Yeah, it's a, a really good team. But yeah. Okay. Uh, but that's a whole Kevin, other company. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Back to where we were. Kevin Kelly interviewing Heartbreak Kid Shawn Michaels. What did Tanner, since we've dominated that part of the conversation, what did you think of this nice little interview in set? Um, so, so I, I, I've made no bones about it. I'm a big fan of Shawn Michaels. Um, he, he does come across as, as championship material. Obviously he is the, the champion and that is his, his right. Um, uh, he does come across as fairly arrogant at times too. Um, uh, but I, I, I can't tell if it's healthy arrogance or if it's, you know, like, you know, like, I should be disturbed about the amount of arrogance that you have. Um, he does kind of toe that line. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's he's very much on that line. You don't really know if you're like, man, this guy is like, he's really cool. And like, he's like super confident. Or you're just like, dude, you're full of yourself. Like, what's going on? Mm-hmm. Um, the, the Bret Hart question is brought up at some point in the interview where uh, Kevin Kelly asks Sean, hey... You know, there's always these rumors going around that Shawn Michaels might return, or not Shawn Michaels, that Bret Hart might return. What do you have to say about Bret? And, you know, how do you answer to your critics about the way that your WrestleMania 12 match ended and all this and that? And uh, Shawn, uh, you know, towing the company line, says that he's uh, more than receptive to Bret Hart returning, and he basically uh, tries to answer uh, to his critics uh, about uh, the way that uh, he won the title at WrestleMania 12. Um, it's a it's a decent interview. Um, it's actually set with like the backdrop of him at like a lake or a harbor of some sort. Um, mm-hmm. so it's so it's it's a pretty visually nice interview uh, to be doing. It almost looks like one of those like WWE trying to do an ABC style interview. If you know what I mean, like a sixty minutes mm-hmm. kind of style interview, uh, which is cool. Um, but yeah, it did bring like a real life feel, a real life vibe to Sean when he's not in front of like the he's on Raw camera. If you kind of get what I'm saying, um, yeah, it it came across pretty well to me, pretty authentic, Sean Michaels, um, rather than oh he's playing a character, Sean Michaels. And, you know, it's funny that you say that because um, before we started recording, as I was, I had to go to an appointment before we started, I actually listened to our podcast that came out this week. And it was the episode we covered where uh, we were talking about Ultimate Warrior and his last match and all of, you know, the types of characters that WWE was moving away from in the 80s, like the superhero, larger than life type characters to the more relatable type characters and i think sean played into that to your the point that you made tanner on that show very well yes he does still seem a little bit arrogant and larger than life but hey you know anybody on any given day could beat me and it could be all over but we've come to cherish this and you know he toes that line between fantasy and reality very very well to his credit Mm mm-hmm 
Yeah, I mean, he like you said, he comes across as not just over the top and larger than life, but he comes across as like a real person that you could see at a restaurant, at a mall, at a bar. You could see Shawn Michaels at your best friend's barbecue party. I mean, it's it's like, yeah, he like that's not something that I ever got from Hulk Hogan or Randy Savage or Doink the Clown or Hillbilly <laughs> Jim, whoever. Um, you clearly Sean, went to the wrong bars. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. Um, but, but yeah, like Shawn Michaels, there's this air of authenticity it, to him in this interview that I was like, hey, I could meet Shawn Michaels anywhere. Um, he might come across very arrogant, but he's a relatable person. Right, and, and, and the only issue I really had with this promo was there seemed to be a confusion. Now he's going into a match against Vader at SummerSlam, and uh, as we saw leading to international incident, Camp Cornette were the heels. Shawn Michaels, Ahmed Johnson, and Sid were massive, massive baby faces, and we've seen Sid get huge pops from the crowd. But Sean comes across in this promo as if he's the heel. He's talking about how nobody's as as good as him in the WWF and how there's a uh, there's a lot of uh, very capable wrestlers, but there's one shining light, and he likes to think it's him. Nobody can do the the. Um, the work that he's putting in. Uh, if Vader won the title at SummerSlam, he wouldn't be able to cope with having to defend the title the day after on Raw. Only Shawn Michaels can do that. But then in a in a in an uh, another breath, he's saying that he's a regular guy uh, and that the wrestlers are regular guys, and he could lose the title at any time, and it could all be over. I thought thought that there was a little bit of a confusion in it, like he doesn't know which way to play like he's almost trying to be the cocky heel but also stay as the the white meat baby face. But it it gets you closer to Shaw Mackles the human being rather than HBK the wrestling character. But just to just to I guess respond to that to, to, to <laughs> in to, defense of Sean Michaels. To, to to defend my boy Sean. Like <laughs> Everything about him that you see on Raw comes across that way too, though, right? Like the way, like the way that he's dressed, heading down to the ring with the hats or the, I guess the uh, the chaps and the, the 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 jacket that he wears. Normally, very sequenced, very uh, flamboyant, maybe to a degree, very charismatic. The way that he struts and dresses and touch, uh, like not touches the fans, but like you know, like handshakes, and then like he. He like um, does the the muscle pose in the ring. Um, he he's very limber when he does that muscle pose. It's a very <laughs> uh, sexualized kind of pose that he does. Uh, yeah, everything about him comes across as this guy's really cocky. Um, and I think that that there is always that air about him, um, no matter the platform. I totally agree with you in that there is that slight bit of confusion about. Is he playing a heel? Is he playing a baby face? What's his deal? But I think it still ultimately, as you pointed out, comes across as being legitimately who Shawn Michaels actually is as a human. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, like I said, this was a, a good promo 
um, for the fact that you get to, it's almost like a peek behind the curtain of wrestling. You get to see the man behind the character. Um, it just for me that that little bit of confusion. Uh, it 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 made me doubt whether I should be rooting for him or whether I should be booing him. That 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 was the issue for me. So. The thing that that is going through my head right now, like I'm seeing both of your points, but it's kind of like that one friend that we all have that's really good at their job and they know it and they can get a little overconfident about it (laughs) and a little cocky. And it's like, man, I just want somebody to just knock him down a peg just once. But at the end of the day, Ultimately, you know he's a good guy. You still want to be friends with him. You still want to hang out with him. But he it's still like, if I could just pop him once, mm. pull him down a peg just once, just yeah. for a second, I would feel better. So he, he, in a way, though, it, it's, it's, it's kind of what you want from a superstar, to be honest. You want somebody that you can look at at any given point, no matter what they do. Mm-hmm. And you will root for, for them as a heel or as a face. It's one of those things that I feel like makes Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks so good is that at any given moment, they can turn heel or face and it's completely believable. And as much as you love to love them, you love to hate them just as much. You know, same thing, Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Rock, all of these guys that have been really big and, and done very well in the wrestling industry, I find, have done it because they have that both cocky and humility. They toe that line so easily and make it look so flawless mm-hmm. that, you know, you can't help but root for them, boo them, cheer them, hate them, you know. And, and especially, I guess, maybe as you get older, I don't know. I'll say it for myself. As I've gotten older and have have understood the psychology of behind wrestling more, the more it makes me appreciate it. Like I soup I used to super hate Paul Heyman back in the day. Like super super hate Paul Heyman. And then I heard him on a podcast. And I think it might have been Talk is Jericho. And once I understood the psychology, I understood why I hated him so much. And it didn't stop me from hating him, but it made me enjoy hating him more because I understood why he was doing it. And I like that he made me hate him, if that makes sense. Yeah, mm-hmm. that really He's makes another sense. one of those people that can toe that line so well. The, the best character wrestlers can take you on that kind of journey. Um, right. That can, one minute you can uh, think that they're the best thing since last bed, and then the very next minute you you hate them with every fiber of your being. That's that's great character work, and Shawn Michaels is one of the best to have ever done that. Um, it's just at that this particular promo for me, it, it kind of like it it felt like it, he didn't know what kind of message he wanted to portray. That was all. Well. And, and here's something else uh, that's that's worth noting here too. For me, that that feeling came up when Bret Hart was brought up, and I think that there is that little bit of mm-hmm. 
maybe WWE being self WWF at the time being self aware of you know there's people who love Shawn Michaels absolutely but there's also a lot of people who really love Bret Hart and really hated how Shawn Michaels got the title how you know Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart's feud played out you know like the arrogance of everything you know I maybe this is a little bit of playing both sides here between the Bret Hart fans and the Sean fans because they know that that animosity still exists and there's going to be that kind of oh man I would do anything to see Bret Hart knock this guy down a peg right and if they knew where storyline was heading okay we know Bret's coming back at such and such date this is when we're bringing him back this is what the storyline is going to be it plays into the ambiguity of should I love him or hate him you know, based off of what they'll be building to later. Like, well, wait a minute. Now, you know, I really liked him there for a second. Now he's talking about Brett, and now I'm not so sure. Now he's feeling kind of cocky. Maybe I should hate him. And so it leaves that that question that's open for interpretation later on for wherever they decide to go with the storyline, whether Brett ends up the heel or Sean ends up the heel. And so it, while it may have been odd and left you somewhere in the middle, it was a very smart way to play the interview, honestly. Yeah, I, I, I totally uh, see both your points. You both uh, um, make a lot of sense. Um, it's just, for me, watching it now, trying to not kind of uh, remember where these storylines go and how they unfold, um, it just felt a little bit confused. Uh, but it does make sense in in terms of the long term storyline. This is uh, Sean still playing off that um, uh, douchebag part of his of his character, um, knowing that he could flick from being the babyface to the heel at any time, uh, and it still be believable. So yeah, it, it does make sense in in terms of that. Um, <clears throat> But it, I, I thought it was still a, a very, very well done um, promo, though. Absolutely. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place 
to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. So now that we've talked that to death, because <laughs> I kind of feel like we have. Get out of here. <laughs> now that we've spent 20 minutes on the Shawn Michael interview that lasted like five, um, <laughs> now we get to our main event, which is the 11 man over the top rope battle royale. The winner will face the WWF champion on the Raw after SummerSlam. We had Mankind, Ahmed Johnson, Goldust, Justin Hawk, Bradshaw, uh, British Bulldog, Davey Boy Smith, Savio Vega, Psycho Sid, Undertaker, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Mark Marrow, and Owen Hart. <sighs> and then once we finally get, well, we got, most of the guys came out during the commercial break. It left mm-hmm. us with, um, Mankind and Undertaker to come in last, and those two immediately locked up and eliminated themselves within like the first thirty seconds of the match. Instantly, literally, instantly, Uh, and and but that wasn't the end of of that Mm. that battle because they uh, fought to the back. They fought in the crowd they came back into the ring which i thought was a brilliant touch uh, just working the way all the way around the arena um that really it, it shows that that is a blood feud that there's a lot of animosity there between the two um this this match again kind of like the tag match it did exactly what it needed to do it kept storylines ticking over it kept uh, the uh the 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 um, feuds brewing, uh, mm-hmm. but it was also a really well done battle royal. I thought the the way it was planned and the the, the way the eliminations went was really really well done. Um, some great wrestling, um, some interesting uh, eliminations, uh, uh, which which could lead to feuds further down the line. And one of the most unique ways of staying in a um, well, essentially winning a battle royal from Ahmed yeah. Johnson. I'm sure we'll get to that, but I thought that that was pretty badass. That the way he stayed in 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 that that ring. Uh, but yeah, I I enjoyed every minute of this this uh, this battle royal. It it was really good. I really enjoyed it. There were some definitely definite high spots. There was definitely a couple of low spots for me. You could even say they were below the belt. Hmm. See, you keep hinting at this, and I, and I want to know why. Okay. Could, could you tell our viewers why, or so, listeners? So when Goldust gets Ahmed Johnson hmm. by the trunks and does hmm. that... Um, the curtain call? Yeah, the curtain call. When Ahmed Johnson lands, he lands on his back, hmm. his junk and legs are splayed out towards the static camera out in the audience and it appeared to me that the front of the trunks kind of things appeared to be escaping 
Mm-hmm. And I did not need to know how well anybody trimmed themselves and manscaped. And there was also wet patches on the front of his bright red trunks. Uh, the issue I've got with Arthur's trunks is... I had a... Mm, you I saw his a ass. winking at me, okay? Yeah. <laughs> I swear I saw a testicle winking at me. It's hard to fo- focus on, like, wet spots. When I swore I saw a testicle, okay? <laughs> I, I, I like how there's this dichotomy of Ori's like, I didn't want to see the junk, and Mags is like, huh, wet spots, you know? <laughs> and I'm just like, there's a testicle. <laughs> uh, um, I, I will say for for all of the uh, the attention that we've given Ahmed Johnson, uh, let's let's also consider that. Uh, uh, gold dust attire left little to be desired as well. Yes. Um, every time he moved, uh, you you understood what 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 was going on with him, uh, what he was rocking with. It wasn't my cup of tea personally. Um, he he, that's he, what he needs he, he wears, so I just avoid that altogether. Why are you looking, Tanner? I, you no, couldn't this, help but see what he I, had I thought this <laughs> going was, on. Normally, Goldust's um, ring attire is is very kind of like shiny, almost lacquer style. This yeah. this was felt more like a matte material, and yeah, his his ass ate about half of his ring gear. Um, you you mm-hmm. saw a lot. You saw a big crack. Let's just say that. Yeah. Not impressed. I will be honest. <laughs> I did not pay that close attention to Gold Dust. I think it's purposeful because I know how form like I've seen enough of gold dust to know how form fitting that his attire can be because it is this one giant long sleeve long leg bodysuit that I just I I think the issue was this wasn't as form fitting so things were allowed to kind of like wiggle about a little bit more could be could be Mm, indeed um uh in, in in other parts of this battle royal um stone cold looked really really good uh sid looked really really good mm-hmm. um obviously as max pointed out earlier the the moments with undertaker and mankind was a really really nice touch i really enjoyed that um yeah i i thought this was this was good plus again Owen Hart is like the human highlight reel of this 1996 run that we've been on because as soon as he's eliminated, he's whining, he's complaining, he's thinking it's fixed, it's a conspiracy against him, you know, all this stuff. And we get the promo plug. He's going to be facing Shawn Michaels in a non-title match next week. I'm sure he would have loved to win this battle royal so that way he can go on to face Shawn Michaels next week and prove again he's better than Shawn. Uh, maybe even getting one over on his brother Brett, who was mentioned in that interview. So it's it's these nice little um, completions, this this full circle uh, things that really clicked with me here in this episode. Yeah, it it was it was really really good. So of course we've got Mankind and Taker taken out initially, then British Bulldog is taken out by Ahmed Johnson, and then. Justin Hawk, Bradshaw, Layfield, he knows who he is, got taken out via Sid. And then Owen is taken out by Mark Marrow, which I found interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Marrow subsequently is taken out by Goldust. 
And then poor Savio Vega goes for this great upside-down, over-the-top rope kick. and It was such a good kick as well. And to, the way he landed, and then that was the best way to eliminate yourself from a, a battle. Really. The move was stunning, but then what an idiot to, to go over the top rope. It was one of those things where, I mean... I don't know. I guess if you're not really doing anything with that character, you're just because he kind of of all the storylines that were currently going on, Savio Vega wasn't really in anything. So, well, I think he just wrapped up. They just wrapped up his kind of like mini feud with uh with Justin Hawk Bradshaw with the cowbell thing, uh, who was then moving on, and then he had the thing the 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 little battle with Stone Cold uh, because of the. The um the King of the Rings stuff, but yeah, he, he was kind of like the 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 lead jobber, I want to say almost. Yeah, because I mean, if you don't, if he's already finished stuff. You don't have anything else for him coming up on the docket. I mean, it's a smart way for him to be eliminated without starting any more beef anywhere. Mm-hmm. So, but it, it was a great move. <laughs> I mean, you know, you can be upset you got eliminated, but going out on a move like that was pretty darn good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, after Savio eliminates himself, Taker and Mankind come back through the crowd, into the ring, then back out of the ring and through the it crowd. So well done. And then so we got shots well backstage of them fighting. Um, Owen and Davey come back and distract Sid. And Sid gets um, eliminated from, uh, by Soul Cold. Yep, by Austin. And then, of course, Sid gives chase to a Davy Boy and Owen Hart, which makes sense. That keeps that whole Sid versus Camp Cornette going. Um, Stone Cold gets thrown out by both AJ, um, Ahmed Johnson. I've got it in my notebook as AJ. So I almost threw myself off there. I'm like, you know, that's way too early. Uh, <laughs> Ahmed Johnson and Gold Dust. And then at that point, you know, the, through the whole match, Vince keeps going, oh, he's fighting with a ruptured kidney. Oh, the work on the kidneys. Oh, the ruptured kidney. Well, at that point, he had busted his nose back open. So now he's he's got a ruptured kidney and he's rebroken his nose. And so the poor man he is falling apart. How could he yeah. win? You know. Um, and then somehow they both go over the top rope, but... Ahmed does it in such a way that his arms are trapped between the second and third rope. So he's just like hanging there, one ash cheek hanging out, flapping in the wind, legs up, and he wins. And then we get the interview afterwards with Vince in the ring, and it's just the back of Ahmed Johnson's head or his ash cheek until they get that camera swung around. It's like, come on, man. But the visual of him surviving, being hung over the ropes and essentially hanging on with by his legs, I thought that was a really cool, oh, it was unique, unique way to, to finish uh, um, the, the Battle Royal. And then obviously to, um, to uh, add more drama to their uh, storyline, we, we, uh, we see Farouk come out and we get a big pull-apart style brawl. To, to to close out the show, which was it, the visual of it was great because you've got four seemingly small referees and two backstage guys. I think one of them was Pat Patterson, maybe 
Mm-hmm. And so two backstage people and and they Farouk and Ahmed Johnson just dwarfed, made everybody look so tiny. It, it was a great visual of yeah. how beefy and huge this match feels anyway. Mm. Shut up, Tanner. Don't give me that look. <laughs> I didn't <laughs> say beefy. anything. It was your face after I said beefy. Mm. Beefy. Beefy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this was a, a great way to end Raw this week. Um, mm-hmm. Looking forward to seeing uh, how this potential Ahmed Johnson, Shawn Michaels scenario played out. Obviously, they were tag team partners not that long ago, even going as far as challenging for the tag team titles. Yes. Uh, Both are champions at the at the mm-hmm. moment. This will be interesting. And Ahmed Johnson even says that in the in the post match interview with Vince. He's like, you know, that's he's basically like my brother. I don't want to fight him. But if it's me versus Vader, let's get this party rocking. You know, this mm-hmm. this is going to be a battle, sure. and I'm here for it. So essentially, Ahmed wishing that his friend loses his title, so he can. Yeah, that that was kind of a hot yeah. take. Yeah, uh, I mean, to Ori's point, uh, a Vader Ahmed Johnson match would be good. Uh, mm-hmm. it would be it would be a very interesting uh, matchup. One could even say beefy. Um, because oh they're two God. very large guys, uh, <laughs> but yeah, this is a this was a, a, a nice a nice cap off to, uh, to to this battle royal and this raw. Certainly was. Yeah, this is definitely one that you could kind of take or leave as far as you know if you're wanting to watch every raw in between um, pay per views and whatnot, you know we always have those like kind of throwaway shows where it's like, well, we need to keep the storylines going, but we don't really have a whole lot. The, the yeah. The, I, I, this, I, this was a good one. Yeah. You, you make a really good point. It's uh, there's no significant twists or turns in any storylines. This is just steadily chugging along on the road to, to SummerSlam. So yeah, it, it is missable in terms of there's no change in storylines from last week, but I felt that the action um, yeah. this week and the action from last week have, have really kind of uh, crept up a notch on, on the, the earlier roles that we've been watching. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely agree. Like if, if you're looking to advance storyline, this ain't the show, but if you're looking for some really good action to continue and prepare you for SummerSlam, yeah, definitely don't miss this one. It, it was fun. I, I didn't find myself straying and trying to, you know, look up TikTok on my phone or whatever else, you know, I've, I've felt generally invested. So. Sweet. High points, low points. What do we think wouldn't fly today? Oh, for me, it's the, the Jerry Lawler stuff yet Always. again. Uh, it's I'm going to be on this drum till everybody until understands how... Yeah, um, um, this is horrific. The 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 use of somebody's real life demons uh, it will never fly with me. Um, so I can't wait for this feud to end um, and we get back to uh, Jake wrestling and not and his addiction not being the focal point of his storyline. Agreed, Tanner. Uh, the battle royal. 
Um, even for for all of the uh, the grief that we've given the attire situations, um, <laughs> I, I still thought that the battle royal was was a nice touch here. Um, everything they did, in, including uh, the appearance by uh, um, Farouk Assad, and you know them squaring off a little bit, um, the Vince McMahon interview, all that stuff. I mean, um, the only thing I would put a close second to it is. Sean Michaels thing, uh, which was obviously thought-provoking in its own right, but as a match, as a segment, yeah, the the battle royal was pretty pretty tops. Yep, yeah, great. Aces all around. I, I agree with Mags and Tanner. You know, I mean, we spent a lot more time talking about that Shawn Michaels interview than I expected us to. To be perfectly honest, it, it, it was it was a full critique of his character work. It really was. A dissertation. <laughs> Pretty deep for a Wednesday, Tuesday afternoon. <laughs> At least for us, me and Tanner. But yeah. So we would love to hear your thoughts. You're always welcome to share those with us. And thank you to those who have been watching along and even going farther ahead um, here with us uh, on Twitter at ACIA Podcast. Correct. And, of course, if you have any questions, thoughts, feelings, you want to trash Tanner with the rest of us, you can always email that information to achangeinattitudepodcast at gmail.com. Now, if you'd like to connect with us elsewhere, Mags, where can we connect with you? Okay, so you can find me on uh, the Twitter machine at Podfather Mags, where uh, I am involved in many, many different uh, contents covering wrestling, uh, MMA, and also a little side project covering foosball or soccer, as uh, some of my co-hosts would call it. Who would call it that? That's just weird. It's football. It made me cringe. (laughs) Go soccer. Complete with Cajun spelling on the go, might I ask? Yes. Yeah. And Tanner, where can we catch up with you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at foul underscore original, uh, <laughs> where, where, where I make awesome cartoons and memes and uh, great content. Uh, and I've got a little bird face. I've got a little bird face. Uh, I'm one hot bird. Uh, no. Uh, so, no, you can find me on Twitter at TexasGentleman underscore, but do go follow Fowl as well. He's a pretty cool guy. Um, yeah, find me on Twitter at TexasGentleman underscore. Uh, that's where I uh, give you updates on all of my content, whether it be Radio Techers, as Mags pointed out, uh, which, uh, uh, yeah, I guess we could talk about it. Uh, we, we are branding out. We are branching out on our own. Uh, we, we've got our own YouTube and Twitch uh, now, and uh, we'll soon be having lots of awesome content there, be it uh, football, uh, proper football, um, be it uh, uh, MMA, possibly racing, possibly pro wrestling. You never know what you might find over on Radio Techers, and that's one of the best things about it. So uh, go check that out. It's amazing. Um, I'm also doing my uh, little retirement tour uh, for Headlock Talk. That show is going away, um, at least not with new episodes, but you will still be able to find all the content there. Um, so you can find that on my own headlock talk channel uh or you can also find it on love wrestling so make sure sure to stay tuned for that uh i've got a lot of uh fun stuff coming up for you guys so i appreciate everybody who's listened i think maybe just once Mm 
there should be an American football commentary on Radio Techers. Yep, Max, what, what, what would you say? You, you want to watch the Super Bowl together? And see I how that... would happily watch the Super Bowl. Oh, jeez. Yeah, that oh, would be... Football! Oh, jeez. Okay, maybe not with Mags. I'm now concerned. <laughs> oh, see, he's only motivated me to do it further now. Like, it's got to happen. Man, he passed that ball. Yeah. yeah. Why is he picking the ball up? <laughs> how, how, how many commercial breaks have we had? What's, what's a, what's a halftime show? For, for a game called football, they haven't used their feet. Hmm. They do it right at the beginning of the game. <laughs> the kickoff. Why are we having an hour break? Why is this only this one hour game took seven hours? Uh, I've seen way too much of the commentary booth. Yes. Well, I mean, it's just uh, like WrestleMania: seven hours, twelve hours. It's all the same. This is true. <laughs> and Ori, um, where can people find more of your content? Well. If you would like, you can find me on Twitter at Oriona75. That's O-R-I-O-N-A-7-5. Also on TikTok under the same handle. And you can catch me Monday and Friday evenings at 8 p.m. on Twitch playing some games. I'm currently playing through Division 2, working on some in-game content. And uh, still trying also, to find a new play game to play. It will not be FM21. Football Madden. manager. Madden. FIFA 21. Madden? Ooh. Ooh. Madden, that would be something. UFC four, UFC four mm. on PC. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you could do it. I don't know. You'd have to use Papers. a lot of keys. Yeah. One one piece of game I really enjoyed. Papers, please. I don't know if you've got that. Ooh, you should find you should find out if they still have like Riven or Mist. Available on PC. Oh, wow. I don't know about Riven, but I'm pretty sure I could find Mist because I can. There was one game that I used to play when Hubby and I were first dating that he turned me on to. It was Pharaoh and Cleopatra, and they mm. they were in a bundle and on sale on Steam for like four ninety nine recently. And I was like tempted, very tempted. Yeah, there you go. So Do it. yeah, it's just a cute little world building game. But anyway, but yeah, you can find me over there on the Twitch. So I think that wraps up everything for this week, you guys. Uh, Next week, we'll be covering Still Working on Raw, headed towards SummerSlam, the August 12th episode, which is Season 4, Episode 32. So we can't wait to see you next Monday. Essentially, uh, it's the go-home for for, uh, for SummerSlam. SummerSlam. Mm. So we look forward to covering that then and seeing what next week brings. So on behalf of my good buddies, Tanner and Mags, thanks for joining us here on the Cheershot Radio Network, where we love to remind you to always use your head. Have a good week. Bye-bye. Bye. Chairshot.com. Always use your head. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.